Good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, July 6th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is a bit of a short one. Psalm 6 uh, is for the director of music with stringed instruments. It also is a psalm of David. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you when he is dead. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and dismayed. They will turn back in sudden disgrace. Amen. Whatever situation David's in, it's not good. <laughs> Crying out for healing, his bones are in agony, his soul is in anguish. We've all known such times, I'm sure. And so prayer is the right response. Not shaking our fist at God, not complaining, not walking away from God as if he's unfaithful, but throwing ourselves at the mercy of God. So uh, our trouble becomes the occasion for our prayers. It's almost like the launching pad. <laughs> the more trouble we're in, the more we cry out to God for mercy. That's the old way of faith. Not so sure the modern world thinks of it that way. You know, there's trouble. Oh, there must be no God because I should never have trouble. I should always be happy. Well, that's, that's just a lie of the culture, right? Kind of our therapeutic culture. Okay. Now, let me read the passage again. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man like us, just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And so, I believe James says we should pray on all occasions. If you're in trouble, pray. If you're happy, sing. It really literally says sing psalms of praise, right? So, sing those psalms, right? Um, if you're sick, call the elders, uh, anoint with oil, and pray. Um, 
if you're engaged in sin, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. So we are praying on all occasions. Certainly trouble is the framework, but happiness and, and good times are occasions for prayers of, of praise and, and thanksgiving. Uh, in sickness uh, of body or of soul, right? Kind of if we're sick or if we're in sin. So uh, if our bones are in anguish, uh, if our bones are in agony and our souls in anguish, as the psalmist said, and so <clears throat> it's been said prayer isn't just a part of a wise and holy and godly and Christian life. It's not just a part of the Christian life. And then there's all kinds of other things. You could really make a case that prayer is the Christian life. That is, that is the, that's the, the, the ground zero. That's the heart of the, the life of faith. And a lot of say, well, I'm not very good at my prayers, you know, and, I, and I'm not really good at reading my Bible, but I try to be a good person. Keep doing that, okay? But know that prayer is the essence of a relationship with God. It's the communication. So just imagine trying to be in a uh, significant, deep, meaningful relationship with somebody you never talked to or never hear from. Now, we all have such friends that we knew once upon a time from high school, college, whenever, and you know we pick right up when we see them like no time has passed. But the reality is time has passed. And there's things about each other that you don't know anymore. But the reason you know each other so well is because you spent a lot of time together talking, disclosing each other's, you know, disclosing your heart to one another, etc. And so it is with God. To be in a meaningful relationship with God is to be centered in prayer. So let me just encourage you. This is not intended to be a scold. Let this be pastoral encouragement. Say your prayers. The Psalms are but one way. They're a tool, a set of tools for prayer. You may find another expression. Please do that. Don't feel like oh, I've got to pray the Psalms, but I don't understand them. I guess I can't have a prayer life. No. Be in conversation with God. Direct your thoughts, your words upward. I think it's helpful to have a specific time and a practice and a routine around that, a rule of prayer, as I spoke of last year. I think I'm getting ready getting ready to go on... on um, study leave um, at the end of next week. So I think I'm going to do that rule of prayer as the replay uh, for those a few weeks that I'll be out. And so <clears throat> we start there, pray on all occasions. But then there's this verse, which maybe might be the most memorable verse from the book of James that people don't know that's actually where it's from. And we might know it more in the old King James. Uh, it's verse 16. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I want to make sure I get it right from the King James here. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's the King James version. So many of us might have learned it that way in earlier days. The effectual, effectual fervent prayer prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
it's a it's a strange little Greek sentence. I went back again and and looked at it, and it's it's a it's a little choppy. the 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 challenge is the way the King James brings it about fervent prayer. Um, focuses on kind of the emotional fervency to be a fervent person. It's not a word we use that, that much anymore, but it's kind of passionate. It's intense. Um, a, 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 a fervent person throws themselves in. Um, you know, they're kind of all in, so to speak, but there's like the emotional intensity, the the, the frequency sometimes. Um, it, and we all know people like that, and I'm thankful to know people like that. But sometimes it can focus on the emotional quality of the praying, okay? That's what we can think about. The effectual fervent prayer where it's it's regular, it's intense, it's passionate, it's emotional. Um, maybe it's loud uh, sometimes. Some of us pray with people who, who, who kind of get after it in prayer. I don't think that's what the passage is about. So the NIV, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so that, that there's powerful is the idea of fervency. And it really just has to do with energy. Um, there's an energy to it. And so our King James translators back in the 1600s pulled that word uh, fervent. The, the, the challenge around this you know, we're looking for effective and powerful prayer. And so we have to be careful here, okay? There, there, there's two dangers. Um, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Well, I don't feel very righteous. So, so some of us can be thinking, I just don't feel very righteous. I, I, I stumble all over the place. You know, I'm a little loose with my lips. You know, my eyes wander. I'm not very, I don't read the Bible much. I always feel like I'm not living up to what God wants out of me. Okay, so a lot of us live with a sense of spiritual inadequacy, which I think we've borrowed from other places in our life. Maybe we grew up in a family where our parents, you know, kind of gave a message that you're not measuring up. And so we kind of transport that off to God and we feel like we're never measuring up to God. So it, it, we might find ourselves thinking, I'm not very righteous. Well, there's no use in praying because my prayers aren't going to be effective. My prayers won't be powerful because I'm not righteous. So that's one side of this that we need, one danger, right? The other is we experience an answer to prayer and then we we kind of flip the equation and go, well, you know, look at that. I must be very righteous <laughs> and I must be hot shot. You know, I must be something. I must be good. And pride can creep in. Okay. And, um, and so some of us are prone to spiritual pride. Um, we, we're, we're glad that we read the Bible a lot. We're glad that we say our Psalms. This is, this is one of my besetting challenges because I'm pretty disciplined. I equate that with some kind of spiritual maturity and I can get a little hoodwinked into spiritual pride. 
And so this, this, this verse is interesting. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. James is speaking in the context of having the community be in prayer. And so righteousness is being rightly related to God through faith in Jesus Christ, right? It's not about all the righteous things we do. It's not about our works, but it is about a faith that is active and living and responding. We hear God's word and we do God's word. We take God at his word. He wants me to forgive. I go and forgive. He tells me not to judge. I try not to judge, even though I slip into it, right? And so righteousness for James is not about, you know, a morally impeccable uh, spiritual resume. It's about a life that is kind of boots on the ground trying to live this stuff, which is why then I think he draws us to Elijah. So the very next verse, Elijah was a man just like us. I go, yeah, maybe, but Elijah kind of got a lot done in his life. And what James is doing is he's stressing, he, he goes back once again to the old uh, Testament, Old Covenant tradition. So he's, he's brought up Abraham already. We, we've seen, um, you know, some with uh, with Abraham. Um, uh, uh, he's spoken of the prophets of Job, right? So he's trying to call to mind a variety of examples. Elijah was a man like us. He wasn't an angel. He wasn't God. He wasn't some sp super spiritual being. If you know Elijah's story, you know he wasn't. But he, he, he believed God. And so he confronted those prophets uh, on Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal, and fire came down. But then he ran away from Jezebel, and he was convinced that Jezebel was going to put him to death. And so he ran and ran and ran and ran. And God says, what are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> and so uh, Elijah was faulted and flawed like the rest of us. He struggled and stumbled uh, in his faith like the rest of us. But... What James is trying to say, he was a man just like us. He prayed and it didn't rain. He prayed again and it did rain. And so he's trying to lift up this notion of the humanity of Elijah and Elijah yet prayed. Now, I haven't prayed for the sky to shut itself for three years or uh, to rain after three years of famine, but maybe we should, huh? This, this is like Jesus saying, you know, if you tell this uh, mountain to throw itself into the sea, it'll do it. This, you, you need faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed. It's not the size of faith. It's the kind of the quality. I believe it can happen. I believe God is able to heal, to forgive, to restore, to answer my prayer. The prayer may not always come as we intend. The answer may not always come as we intend. And so that's where this long obedience in the same direction is so important. So anyway, love this little portion. Be about a life of prayer and, and don't, don't become full of yourself. Don't get down on yourself in your prayers. If, if you don't sense the answer to your prayer, maybe God's deepening perseverance and resilience in you. It's not that he doesn't love you anymore or you're not righteous enough for him to listen to you. Similarly, if you see some answers to your prayer, don't let it go to your head. Just stick to the knitting. Just stay faithful day to day. Get up, say your prayers, love your neighbor, love your God, <laughs> do your work, go to bed, get up, 
say your prayers, you know, love your neighbor, love your God. Um, I think there, there's something that, that, that's in this passage that, that really we'll, we'll, we'll settle out on, that this is the life God's calling us to, of quiet, steady, faithful, showing up, praying for others and allowing ourselves to be prayed for uh, and lifting our hearts before God. Okay, let, let, let's, let's take a moment to pray even now. And so, Father, thank you uh, for Elijah, that he was a man just like us. We don't feel that way. We don't feel very righteous. We don't feel very powerful and effective in our lives and in our prayers. But, Lord, our prayer life is really dependent upon you, your promise, your grace, your presence, your ability to answer according to your good purpose. So, so deepen in us a desire to be in conversation with you, a desire for prayer. Thank you for the many occasions from which our prayers arise. And so even now, as we get off into this new day, Lord, hear our prayer that we might love you well and love our neighbor as ourself this day, all to the glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may our Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he fill you with his spirit, his spirit of truth and grace and comfort and hope. Uh, may the helper be with you this day and forevermore. Amen.